It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful I like to eat do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? Just eat it. Eat it. Don't you make me repeat it. Coming in January 2020, a new sermon series, Flourishing in an Upside-Down World. Join us as we examine Jesus' teachings in the Sermon on the Mount and learn how to flourish as God's people in this upside-down world. Good morning. Nice to see everybody. Hope you all had a holly jolly Christmas this week. Um, my name is Kobe Pulse. I'm the associate pastor here at Cameron UMC. Um, glad, to, glad to be here this morning with you. Um, first of all, men, did you all get your socks and underwear for Christmas? <laughs> I want to make sure that you got your annual socks. Is there anybody that didn't get? If you if you didn't come see me after service, well, make sure you're taken care of because we don't want you to go a whole year without your socks and underwear. So, so as you've probably figured out, Pastor Dan is gone and he's left the youth leader in charge today. So we'll just see what happens. So we may just scrap it all and have a soup eating contest or something here. Um, <laughs> so no, uh, so thank you all for coming this morning. It's nice to see you all um, gathering as we gather in this place um, to worship God, to celebrate this, this Savior that came for us, right? This, this part of God that, that came here for you and me so that we can have a relationship with God. So we gather in the name of Jesus Christ this morning. We celebrate our Lord and Savior. And one way we do that is by, is by recognizing that Christ is with us here. This, this light of the world is with us in this place and this time. And we, we do that by lighting these candles. So let's all stand as we celebrate the, the coming of Christ into our midst. Let's all join our voices together in joy to the world.
Please be seated. So we're about to, uh, about to wrap up 2019, heading into a new year. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of change that happens over the course of a year's time. There's a lot of, uh, oh, maybe job changes, position changes, address changes, maybe health changes. There's a lot of changes that take place over the course of a year. And maybe some of them are things we're expecting to happen. Uh, you know, maybe we're looking to buy a new house and to move. Maybe things happen unexpectedly, like some of our health things that happen. Um, and so sometimes things, are, there's good changes that happen, and then there's not so good things that happen over the course of a year. But the thing is, whether it's good or not so good, it's change. And we don't tend to like change as people. We like to know what's happening and like to try to be in control of things as much as possible. And that, help, that helps us to be in control when life doesn't change much. So, but over the course of a year, there's a lot of change that happens. And so as we enter this time of prayer, I want you to reflect back over this last year. What kind of change has happened in your life? You know, is there something that's, you know, unexpected maybe happened um, that's maybe brought some hurt, maybe brought some grief? Uh, is there maybe something good that's happened that's brought joy? You know, we think about change, you know, right here in this, in this very spot, we have grieved as we have said goodbye to those that have passed on, but in the exact same spot we have celebrated as we have baptized many young people over the course of this last year into the family of God. And that's kind of life, right? We have these moments of grief and times of celebration. So as we enter this time of prayer, take a moment to reflect on things in your own life that may have changed over this last year. Dear Holy God, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time where we celebrate that, that you came here to be with us. As we get to the end of this year and look forward to a new year, we can look back and remember many different things that have happened over the course of the last year, a lot of changes that have taken place in our lives. And it seems to be the one constant in this world and in this life is that it's always changing. Our health is always changing. The world around us is always changing. But one other constant in this life is you, never changing. Whatever we have gone through this last year, the, the sorrows, the grieving, the, the pains, the joys, the celebrations, through it all, God, you are there. What a comfort it is to know that through the sorrows, the grievings, the pains, the joys, and the celebrations of this new year, you are there. As your people, Lord, we come to you, ask you to be in our lives in a mighty way. As you came for us through Jesus Christ, we ask you to come again each and every day and remind us that you are with us. No matter what this day brings, you are always there. We have so many people in our hearts and in our, in our prayers that have had surgeries and sicknesses, illnesses, maybe have lost homes over these last few weeks and months. We have many people that we love and care about that 
we see their, their hurt and suffering, and we lift them up to you, Lord. Remind them that you are with them during this time. And we have others that are celebrating a new child this year, their first Christmas. We have others that have, that have been given good news about health reports, good news about, about family situations. Remind them that you are with them in this time. We thank you, God, that you are always with us no matter where we are, no matter what we're facing, no matter what's going on. Even if we start to turn away, you're still there, calling us closer to you, saying, I'm here. God, we thank you. We can't thank you enough. But we come and worship we come in prayer and song. We come praising you the best that we can with all that we have. And we come now praying to you in the way that Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's all stand and raise our voices as we sing, O come, all ye faithful.
Heavenly Father, we come in adoration and worship to you. Through our Savior Jesus Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, we come to you. Come and be with us in this time. Amen. Kids, would you come up for the children's moment? Good morning. Good morning. So, on a bright, sunny day, which is not a day like today, how many of you guys have gone outside with a mirror and played with the sunlight? Have you guys done that? You know, I was seeing this as an idea to talk about online, and I thought, you know what? I don't remember playing with, this, with a mirror outside in the sun either, because I think my mom always said, be careful with the mirrors, because I probably would break one when I was your age. So, be careful with the mirror so you don't break one, but it's kind of fun to play with the light. So, what I want to do is, let's see, I think Grady would be a good one to give the light to. I want you to shine the light at me. And when you shine the light at me, can you guys tell what's happening? It's reflecting back and shining where? Can anybody see the light that's moving around? What's it doing? It's shining back at you guys, isn't it? So when we have... I'm going to go ahead and take the light back from you. That way we don't keep shining the light on everybody as we go along. So you see as the light shines on me and I hold the mirror up, it reflects the light to shine on you. Was I the light? No, Grady had the light, didn't he? But I am just letting that mirror reflect the light to shine back on you. The Bible tells us in John verse, chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, that there was a man who was sent from God. His name was John. We've been talking about John the last couple of weeks. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Who do you think they were talking about? Who do you think they were talking about? Who do you think? Adam. Okay, who do you think? Who do you guys think he was talking about when they were talking about the light? I heard it over there. Jesus. That's right. It was Jesus that they were talking about. Jesus is the light of the world. John, he was kind of like this mirror. He was reflecting the light of Jesus to the people so that they would see Jesus. You and I are supposed to be like John. The Bible says that we are to let our light shine just a little bit. But we need to remember that our light is Jesus. We are not the light. We are just mirrors that reflect his light. Can you guys pray with me? I want you guys to repeat after me, okay? Did you have a question? What's your question? Okay. So, I want you guys to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, we want to reflect your light in the world. Help us to keep our faces turned toward you. And help us to keep anything from coming between us and you. Amen. All right, thank you guys. You guys can go back to your seats.
This morning we're going to be in uh, the, the Gospel of John and uh, begin in the, uh, the first chapter of John, the very first, uh, the first 18 verses or so. Um, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. In these first few verses of John, John's just trying to express to us that this, this holy trinity of God, this three persons in one, has always existed from the very beginning. In fact, John even echoes the words of, of Genesis as he begins his gospel. Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1, the very beginning of our scripture says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John says, in the beginning, the word was part of creation. So he's just simply trying to tell us that God has always been three in one and will always be three in one. This trinity has always existed, but there's this one person of the trinity that John calls the Word, the truth, the wisdom, the knowledge of God that, that comes to us as a light revealing God to us. The light is the revelation of God. So it is this person that John focuses on here, this one person of the Trinity. Verse number six, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. That's a pretty big verse, isn't it? Pretty important verse. Let's back up and let's read that one again. Sorry, Dustin. Verse 12, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from the human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another, for the law was given through Moses. Judgment, condemnation was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness, God's grace and mercy came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. This is the word of our holy God. Amen. 
These, are, uh, these words of John are just amazing words. They're poetic. They're, you know, divinely inspired words that were given to John, but they just, uh, they're just amazing words that John puts together. And uh, I love reading these, these this, uh, specifically this chapter of the Bible because it just, uh, it's so beautiful the way John wrote this. And he gives us these two illustrations um, that he starts off here right from the start in his gospel, this of um, these two uh, opposing forces of light and darkness. And this is something that John is going to use throughout the rest of his gospel, this, these two opposing things, light and darkness. And throughout the gospel of John, light just represents life with God. Darkness represents life without God. And so those who are in the light or when they're in the daytime, when, anytime it's in the light, it's always those with God. And then those in the dark or at night, it's those that are maybe seeking or those who are without God. That's kind of a theme throughout John's gospel. But it says, When Jesus, the true light, came into the world, that he reveals to us God. This true light comes shining into this this dark world and reveals to us relationship with God, what that's supposed to look like, what it means to be a child of God. In our world of of darkness, it says Jesus came like this light, and that the darkness cannot overcome the light, is what John says. And that's something we can kind of understand, because, you know, in the darkest room, even if it's pitch black, just the tiniest, smallest light still shines through, right? You can still see the smallest light shining through the darkness, because darkness cannot overcome the light. Light overcomes darkness. As I was reading this, um, it kind of took me back, and I remembered whenever I was little, and... Uh, we would all, um, when I was just little, you know, probably first, second grade, around that age, we'd load up in our old beat-up four-wheel drive truck, and we'd head out to our farm searching for the Pulse family Christmas tree. And so the Griswold movie hadn't come out yet, but I'm sure that's exactly what we looked like, probably, was the Griswolds heading out for this, trying to find the perfect Pulse family Christmas tree, you know, because it had to be tall enough, but not too tall. It had to be round enough, but not too round, and seems like it never failed. It was always too tall and too round. And Dad had a lot of trimming to do just to get it in the house and get it set up. But, you know, we'd get it, we'd get it set up, and we'd put on the lights and the, the ornaments and everything. And after we got it all set up, we would turn out the lights, and we'd sit there in the dark for, you know, it was just a few seconds. But, you know, when, when you sit in a dark room, I'm, the temperature probably doesn't change much, but it just feels cold, Right? When you're in a dark room, it just feels cold. It feels lonely. It feels, you know, empty. For just a few seconds, we sat there in that dark room, and then, then Dad would turn on the, the Christmas tree lights, and light would just burst into the room. It would fill the room. And we just sat there, you know, gawking at the Christmas tree, you know, and gazing at this, this piece of art that we created with our homemade ornaments. And it, it wasn't a Mary Terrell Christmas tree that we had at home. <laughs> It was not the beauty of what Mary has done out front here. It was a, it was, but, you know, we had these homemade ornaments and all these things, but there was this light. We had a, the different colored lights, you know, and you would see this light just coming off of the tree, bouncing off the ornaments, and it filled the room. And in this room that was for a little bit cold and lonely, all of a sudden there was warmth. You know, you know when you have a memory of something, how your senses kind of kick in? You know, I can still remember the smell of that Christmas tree because we just went and chopped it down and took it home and 
I still remember the pain I felt stepping on those needles all the way to Easter. You know, it seemed like we had those little needles in the carpet. But what I remember is that feeling of warmth. I can still feel that, that feeling that when I was sitting there looking at the tree, there was this warm feeling. And I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I realized it was a peaceful moment. That with whatever else was going on in that moment, here we are in this warm place with this beautiful light shining. And there was a warmth because it was peaceful. And there was a joy because I knew it was about to happen underneath that tree. There was going to be some presence. Sooner or later, there's going to be presence under that tree, and I'm going to open them. There was a joy that came with that as well. So there's this warmth that kind of, kind of built uh, from probably the peace and the joy of that moment that happened as this light burst into the room. I think that's kind of what John's talking about here with Jesus, coming like a light, shining into this dark world. Jesus comes, came like a light, shining into the corruption of this world, the oppression, shining into the hurt and the loneliness of this world. Jesus came, shining, revealing a loving, caring God that wants relationship with us. No matter what's going on in the world, there is this God that loves you unfailingly. And he is faithful to work in your lives and to be with you. This light brings warmth that fills our hearts. As John says, with one gracious blessing after another, with peace, joy, hope, love. Jesus came bursting into the world as this light revealing God to us. So now in our, in our home, when we decorate our tree, we do this same thing. You know, we put on the ornaments and the lights and everything, and we turn the lights off, and we sit there with our little glass of eggnog. We always have our eggnog, you know, and, uh, and we turn the light on, and the light fills the room, and there's this feeling of peace and joy. You're caught up in this awe and wonder of the moment, Right? You know, but as we're sitting there in this light, there's still a stack of bills that needs to be paid. <laughs> Maybe more than usual because it's Christmas time. You know, as we're sitting there in this light, there's still coughs and sniffles. There's still medicine because of maybe some sickness. There's still life concern and life struggle. We're sitting there in this beautiful, amazing light with this warmth coming over us, but there's still, you know, life concern and struggle happening but in that moment, it doesn't matter because in that moment, there is the presence of God coming into this moment saying, I am with you. While there's all this going on around us in the, in the darkness, in the brokenness, maybe worry or fear, whatever, God is there. Presence of God is there calling us into relationship with him or deeper, more meaningful relationship with God. So in the awe and wonder of this moment, you just kind of feel like everything's going to be all right. I don't know how, because we got the stack of bills, and we've got maybe sickness, and we've got these other struggles and these other concerns and things that are going on, and I don't know how it's going to be all right, but somehow in this moment of peace and joy, I just feel like it's all going to be okay. Now, that feeling doesn't come from a tree created to celebrate a holiday, that comes from the light of Christ shining into our darkness, shining into our brokenness. That comes from the light of God saying, you are my child. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always. And in that moment where there's life concern and struggle, there's overpowering that, this peace, this joy, this assurance that I am loved because I am a child of God if I only believe and only accept that light into my life. Now John says that when Jesus came into the world, revealing God's unfailing love and faithfulness to his people, that not everyone believed. He says that, that as uh, Jesus came into the world, the world didn't recognize him. The world had no idea that God was walking among them, brushing shoulders against them, talking to them. Right there in their midst, they had no idea that God was right there walking, within, you know, walking in, their, in their presence, had no idea. How is that even possible? If God comes to earth, shouldn't everybody just know that, right? We should all recognize that, I think. Well, I think kind of what is happening here, from my, the way I kind of understand this is, at the time, you know, the Jewish people were, were looking for a Messiah to come. They were waiting, longing for this Messiah to come. But most of the world wasn't Jewish. Most of the world had some other gods or, or maybe no gods at all. So most of the world didn't even know there was a Messiah coming. They didn't even know they were supposed to be looking for Jesus. So as Jesus comes, they don't know they're supposed to be looking for him. They don't even realize this is God walking among them. Had no idea. So they didn't recognize him. Now the Jews, they were longing for this Messiah to come. They were waiting. But of course, when Jesus got there, Jesus wasn't what they were looking for. Jesus ended up wanting to bring some unwanted change into their lives, right? He's trying to mix things up and change things like we talked about earlier with our you know, prayer of all the change that happens in our lives. But Jesus was wanting to bring a lot of change to their lives, and they didn't want that. So they rejected it. It's kind of like Jesus was shining this light into their lives, and they said, no, they blocked their eyes. No, thanks, we don't want this light. We'd rather stay in this darkness. That's kind of what happened. As John's talking about people that didn't recognize or rejected God walking among them. You know, as children of God, we're supposed to reflect this light around us because, you know, there's still people that don't realize they're supposed to be looking for God, right? There's still people that don't know that God is wanting relationship with them. Jesus is still shining light into this world. He's doing that through us, his people. But there's a lot of people that still don't know they're supposed to be looking for Jesus. They're supposed to be looking for God. Or maybe they've got this misunderstanding of what relationship with God means. And so when we talk about this Jesus that might be wanting to bring some change, maybe they're not receptive of that. Maybe they reject that thought. But as the children of God, we're supposed to be reflecting that light to those around us. We're kind of like John here in verse 8, as as Tracy read to the kids. John himself was not the light. We are not the light. John was simply a witness to tell about the light. That's who we are, the church, right? As this light comes into our lives, we're supposed to go tell others about this. We're supposed to go tell them about God wanting relationship with them, that God is here. Jesus came, and he is still alive, and He wants this relationship with everyone. It says that two or three times through these verses, everyone. 
every person. We're supposed to go and tell that. But how do you tell that to someone who isn't looking for God? How do you tell that to someone who has this wrong idea of what the relationship with God looks like? Or then we've got the problem with, you know, Paul says that, that God, through Christ, we have this peace that surpasses understanding. Well, if this peace that I feel in a moment of struggle and concern is beyond my understanding, how am I going to explain that to somebody, right? Peter calls that, uh, says that when in Christ we have this joy unspeakable, joy unspeakable that I'm supposed to tell people about. Well, by definition, joy unspeakable means I can't put it into words, this joy that I'm feeling, right? That's by definition, joy unspeakable. So how do we do that? Well, Maybe we just try to describe it. What's life with God like? It's kind of like sitting in a dark, cold, lonely room. And somebody turns on a Christmas tree, and as the light fills the room, warmth overcomes you from the peace and the joy you feel in that moment. That's kind of like life with God, isn't it? As the light of Christ comes into our lives, we're just overcome with this warmth that everything's going to be all right. There's a peace, there's a joy that I can't express with words, but I feel it. I know it's real. That's kind of like what life with God is like. I think with things that we don't know how to put into words, we've got to find ways of describing it. You know, Jesus used parables to explain what life with God was like. He says, oh, it's Look at this tree over here, or look at these pillars. Jesus was pointing to everything. Look at this bread and this wine. He used those to express spiritual things, right? I think it's tough to tell people about what life with God is really like, isn't it? It's tough to have the right words. We've got to find maybe other ways of describing it. Or maybe we just, as children of God, people of light, resolve to walk so fully within this light that the light shines around us. Maybe that's the way that we tell people about Jesus and this relationship God wants to have. When I was little and we decorated uh, Mom's tree, we had this, these ornaments, these little glass hearts that Mom uh, got. And uh, do you have that picture, Dustin? We have these uh, little glass hearts that uh, we got a long time ago. They're very fragile. We've only broke a few of them. I don't know how. Through... Me as a kid, through lots of grandkids, we've only broke a few of them. She's still got a bunch of them. Um, but this, I took this picture last week, still hanging on her tree. I love these little glass hearts, especially now, because as you look at that, you can see there's Christmas lights all around it shining on the heart. But the best part about this is that the light shines through the heart, right? You know, Jesus' light isn't supposed to just shine on us. It's supposed to shine through us for others to see. It's not something that stays here. It's something that comes on through so that those around us can witness this light, this love, this peace, this joy that we have. As this light of Christ shines on and through us, then now peace within becomes peace around. Joy within becomes joy throughout. Love within becomes love for all. Right? this light that comes into our darkness and shines all around, now is drawing others towards this God that wants relationship with them. This is what God has done for us. 
he became human, left perfect setting, perfect world. He had a pretty good thing going on there in heaven, right? He left that to come to this place with brokenness and hurt and pain and sorrow just so we can have this relationship with God. And that's something that God wants every person to know, especially those that don't know they're supposed to be looking for it or have the wrong idea of what that actually means. How do we do that? I think we resolve to walk so fully in the light of Christ as Christ comes into our lives lives and comes into our hearts that we resolve to live so fully for Christ that the light just reflects. It just goes through us to those around us. So they, they see in the midst of struggle and concern, there's some kind of crazy peace that we can't describe, that we can't put into words. When this world is so upside down, we still have this crazy joy. How, how do you have that when the world is the way it is? I don't know, I just do. There's a world out there lost in the dark, cold and lonely. They need to know about this. We are the children of light, called to bring the light to them. As we begin this new year, maybe we could resolve this year, along with the weight loss and the, you know, all these other things that we're going to do, maybe what we resolve to do even more is to walk so fully in the light of Christ that others around me come to know God through Christ through me. Seems like a pretty good resolution. I urge you, this year, this day, resolve to live so fully for Christ that someone around you will see it. Maybe start a conversation about it and want to know more about this relationship. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, so let it be. Amen. If we could have our ushers come forward. So this is our, uh, this is our time of, of offering. And, um, you know, we, we, we pass these plates and, uh, and whatever... Um, you know, we ask, we've talked about finances quite a bit here over these last few months. I ask that, you know, whatever, I think Dan would agree with this, whatever it is that you put into these plates financially, um, do it prayerfully. You know, pray, God, how much am I supposed to put in? And maybe God says a large amount. Maybe he says a small amount. We want you to put in whatever God leads you to put in. And, but whatever you put in financially, we thank you. But this isn't just a time of giving. This is a time of offering. And so while we physically put financial gifts into here, you know, spiritually, we're supposed to put something else in there. We're supposed to offer our talents, our abilities, our time, ourselves to God, offering our entire selves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice. Whatever you put in here financially, thank you. We appreciate it. We really do. But I think Dan would agree, as I say, we're more concerned with what you spiritually put into these offering plates. We hope that you are offering yourself to God, saying, God, I am yours. You've done this amazing thing for me. All I can do is offer myself in return. Take a moment to do that as we come bringing our offering to God.
Gracious God, we thank you for all that you bring to our lives, more than we can ever thank you or repay you for. But we come offering our gifts, our talents, our abilities. Lord, we come offering ourselves. Receive this offering. Bless it. Multiply it. That it would be a mighty force for your kingdom, Lord, as we go out as your people doing your work as a light shining in the darkness. Help us. Guide us through this offering to bring people closer to you. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Let's all lift up our voices as we sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. So go, tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. God wants relationship with all people all around us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, go in peace and joy. Amen. And stay for soup.